Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um. Now a trend has emerged. This is the My Talk Now Trending Report. What's happening right now? Trending online this afternoon, Kelly Marie Tran, the Star Wars The Last Jedi star, has removed all of her Instagram posts after months of online harassment. Also trending, Lin-Manuel Miranda, the actor and playwright, recently attended his 20, 20th high school reunion where he caught up with old friends and made an interesting discovery in an old copy of his school's newspaper. Also, a couple of movie trailers trending this afternoon, one for the movie Bumblebee, Haley Steinfeld meets Bumblebee in the first trailer for the Transformers spinoff and also, Lego Movie 2. Bricksburg is in disarray since the events of Taco Tuesday, but Emmett still thinks everything is awesome. If you've seen the first Lego Movie, What I Told You made sense, and if you haven't, please disregard. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the latter group, so thank you. The sky is blue and bears okay, you know, poop the in the woods, Donnie. Mm-hmm. Also, today it's World Environment Day. That's what's trending here at my talk. All right, your weather is brought to you by AAA Movers. Uh, clear starting tonight, but then we got some uh, storms moving in maybe after 5 o'clock in the morning. That will continue till about 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, and right now, 63 for the low tonight, 81 tomorrow's high, but sunny and 78 here at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, 20 years ago tomorrow, Sex and the City premiered on HBO, and we are so delighted. Um, the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Seinfeldia, Jennifer Keishan Armstrong, is joining us about her new book, Sex and the City and Us, How Four Single Women Change the Way We Think, Live, and Love. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Okay, so... Welcome. Welcome. We First <laughs> yeah. of all, your book is... Just, it was fantastic. I can't tell you how much we enjoyed reading. um, Just really, because, I mean, you say basically in your book, I mean, Sex and the City changed our world. And for us, Jennifer, it did. It changed our world. (laughs) We have a radio show because I got the idea to write after I met um, Kristen Davis at a New York fashion show. I'd been writing HBO. Who do I've got this great idea for these nipples? Samantha can get, you know, had that we invented, by the way. Okay. (gasps) And so when we, we, when we got our radio show, uh, and I did get him on Sex and the City, and she told me, oh, you got to write Michael Patrick King at HBO in, in LA. And 
like a year after we were on the radio, which we really got because we made the whole world talk about nipples, thanks to Sex and the City, Cindy Shupak <laughs> was on our show. And oh. she said, you got, you, that is the only idea outside of the writer's room that got on the show. And we got sent crap all the time. She said, but I you, bet. she mm-hmm. said you'd written in your note, you'd challenged the single <laughs> ladies for a couple girls to wear them out and a couple not to wear it. And she said, and we came back the next day, we'd gone to the standard. She said, it was incredible. The, the social experiment that we realized was going on with these perky nipples. So anyway, oh God. It, it did it did change our life, too. It totally changed our life. <laughs> That's really cool. If I had known that, I would have interviewed you guys, too, for the book. But uh, well, uh, I guess we'll go the other way. Season, we'll season four, episode, episode six. six. And you do mention it. Yeah. You do mention it, you know, with all the different things that, you know, yeah. w- that were on the show. But, but Cindy Schupak did say, she said, yeah, we didn't, everything came... All mm-hmm. the story ideas came from the writer's room. She said that was the only exception. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me, too. I mean, you guys have read the book, so you know, like, yeah. the, they were pretty hardcore about kind of, like, really keeping it real and taking directly from their lives. Right. When you were doing uh, the research for Sex in the City and Us, and and really anybody who loves that show or is just interested um in in how that show impacted our culture and women and how we view everything, um, when you talked with, I mean, were people pretty open to talking to you? They were. They were really, I found them to be so, you know, especially, I mean, the ones I talked to, anyway, like, I find them to be so kind of generous and open. And, you know, anybody who makes a TV show, they're also great storytellers. But this was just a special thing. Like, the writers, I don't know if you guys talked to Cindy about this, but, like, those female writers, the women who wrote for the show, you know, directed by Michael Patrick right. King and created by Darren Starr, it was all women besides that. And they just have such a special relationship to this day. I've been on some email chains with them recently, and I can even just via email chain, I feel this, like, intense and lasting relationship among those women because they shared so much stuff Pers- with each other by writing. Yeah, and, the, and the it, personal stuff. And yeah. And- and Jennifer, did you have a, you know, just to back up a little bit, mm-hmm. were you, was this just a big impact in your life, Sex in the City, that you wanted to I write mean, a book about it? Absolutely. You know, the introduction is, is actually, it's one of, it's the only time I've ever written a personal story in one of my books so far, because I just felt like it was necessary because it was so big for me. Um, and it, this is common for women. You know, we all have our Sex in the City stories you know, especially those of us of a certain age, but the, mm-hmm. the younger ones are catching on to it as well. And I had just moved to New York City kind of in the middle, well, I moved to New, Jer- New Jersey across from New York City. In the middle of the run of Sex and the City, I was with my fiancé, who um, was my college sweetheart. We had been together for 10 years, and we moved here, and I was watching the show while going into the city to work at Entertainment Weekly magazine, and just had this fundamental shift where I went like, oh, wait, the sex in the city, there's, you know, I mean, there's a fantasy element, but there's, there's a real element to the sex in the city life too. And I, I just suddenly realized that that's what I wanted and I hadn't had it in my twenties and I, I really wanted to do it before settling down. So, um, I ended up canceling my wedding and kind of (laughs) living the cheap version of the sex in the city life for a good, you know, 10 years or so after that in a little hovel in the East village. So 
It was big. It was big for me. And and it did affect people, you know, in all kinds of ways. I mean, we didn't really, I mean, it made Manolo Blahniks a household mm-hmm. world. You know, the fashion, seeing women in their 30s and 40s. Talk about sex. Sex and yeah. objectifying men was like refreshing. It was like, finally, <laughs> mm-hmm. finally. Exactly. No, it was, it was really that female gaze as they, you know, as the academics call it was really important too. And if you read the early reviews of the show, I mean, they're kind of hilarious because people were really freaking out. Yes, like, they especially were. the male, the male reviewers, they were really like, you know, they, they didn't even know what to say. They were so stunned. And so they like tried to make arguments against it, yeah. but really you could tell that the main thing was they were just freaked out by these women exerting their power and by objectifying men, which they really did pretty deliberately. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, and it was like they were freaking out because men hadn't ever had the gaze flipped on them, and it's like, we've been dealing with this forever. Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, I always think of, like, that episode where she judges the firefighter oh. yes. calendar contest. Uh-huh. Like, that's just the pinnacle of, like, what the show could do with that you know they did it to the men in general during like the sex scenes and stuff but then there's that one episode where it's just like parade of hot men yeah shirtless for no reason you know what <laughs> i i did not know until i read um sex in the city and us um that kim cottrell had originally declined the role of samantha yeah, she really didn't want to take it. Like, she really held out till the very end. I mean, I, I can't quite remember the exact number of days, but it was, like, days before they were going to shoot. And they had already cast someone else. And they just kept saying, no, we're sure that it's it should be Kim Cattrall. Like, mm-hmm. that's, they just knew it. And so they really put the full court press toward the end. And Darren Starr, like, flew to L.A. and had lunch with her and just kind of really made his case and was lucky enough to get her. But it was just one of those. It's, you can see too i think she's so great in that role that we almost forget yeah it's like you you forget how how much work she was doing to be that good because it felt natural but to deliver those lines in a way that i mean what was i mean utterly ridiculous yeah (laughs) she did a lot of the heavy lifting for that show yeah well you know jennifer here's something that julie and i noticed because we were lucky enough to be invited to the sex in the city uh uh, at silver cup studio when they filmed the night the the bar scene with the Mm -hmm. nipples when um samantha says she got these nipples in the mail (laughs) so they invited us and Mm -hmm. and we're so cute i know so we're on set and Kristen davis sees us oh you figured out who to write to because she was really super nice to me at Bryant Park mm-hmm. when I ran into her. But and then, you know, um the, so the girls that were in rehearsal and it takes it took just took forever, but we had fun. We got the tour and everything. But um Sarah Jessica Parker came out and did a really sweet toast. You know, the nipple chicks are here, the nipple ladies, I think she called <laughs> yes. us. And that she, sounds right. And that she cheered like us and, and toasted but but the person who was the coldest to us. Yes. I mean, barely acknowledges was Kim Cattrall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Cynthia Nixon was super friendly. Uh, Sarah yeah. Jessica toasted us. Charlotte, of course. I mean, some, um, yeah. you know, um, yeah, uh, you know, Kristen. I'm talking. Yeah, Kristen Davis. Kristen. And, yeah. and we were just like, whoa, she's a cold one. I wonder if she was just, you know, sometimes, and I've, ex- I've experienced this on all the books I've written, where there's almost always at least one in an ensemble cast that really is like, in the zone okay, when they're okay, in that's character. Right. Yeah. All right. You know, like, I, it makes me think of, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird comparison, but like Michael Richards on Seinfeld yes. was very similar. Like he couldn't, he had to stay like in the zone and in character 
while he was there. And I wonder if she was sort of similar, given that it was such an extreme character. Yeah, and she was the one that was going to have to kick off the whole thing, even though Miranda (laughs) wore him around the bar. And then Samantha (laughs) wanted him back. Okay, talk to us about, because... I know she didn't join till the second season, but Patricia, Patricia Fields, Fields uh, the, the uh, fashion influence. Yes. I mean, she is just, her sort of influence and genius cannot be overstated, in my opinion, especially just in, in terms of, like, women's fashion on television. She is the one, you know, and that's what made this show a fashion show, was having her around. Um, and she really changed kind of the way women dressed in general and on television specifically. Before that, if you think about like a Melrose Place or a 90210, it was more about like power suits. Right, shoulder or, pads. Right, like it's either you were either like wearing a power suit or you were dressing super sexy for men, mm-hmm. and that was it. Whereas her whole thing is like, Dressing women for self-expression, dressing them for other women, dressing them for themselves. And, you know, she obviously also just pushed the boundaries enormously. I mean, there's some bonkers outfits. Oh, on my that gosh, show. yes. But, but, but Sarah Jessica Parker just, I mean, you write in the book and you interviewed Sarah for this uh, yes. book that she just had complete uh, trust in Patricia Fields. And, of course, she's so teeny tiny and almost everything looks great on her. Good. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot that she does that that's like ridiculous, but kind of looks cute on her. We couldn't, most of us couldn't get away with it. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things that Sarah said to me though was she said sometimes you have to be ridiculous. Yeah. And I loved that because she was willing to go. I mean, the the quintessential example is the Heidi dress. Oh. Um, yes. Where it's like full oh. grindle. She wears braids. She had the makeup <laughs> artist put like um, uh, she put they put like uh, freckles on her face. Um, and this was just for, for Carrie to go to lunch with her girlfriends. Like, this was not Halloween. This was not, you know, they just went for it. And that was one that even people on the set sort of questioned. But once they did it and they got away with it, it was sort of all bets were off. And if you think of those, those you know, mid to late seasons, there's some absolutely insane stuff she wears. When she wears the belt over her, like, bare midriff, oh, like, yeah. there's just so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How about now, in your book, um, Sex in the City and Us, uh, how four single women changed the way we think, live, and love. And Jennifer wrote uh, Seinfeldia, which is also a great book. But, you know, people, and I think that people still might do it. Are you a Carrie, a Samantha? Mm-hmm. You know, that a whole si- game, which, which, which woman are you? Everyone always says they're Carrie. I would always, I'm Samantha, 100%. Um, I love that you're a Samantha. I am oh, a Samantha, totally. Jennifer, totally, 100%. But. I grew into being a Samantha, <laughs> temporarily. <laughs> right, but I mean, what, what, who is the one that everyone, I mean, I think everyone thinks they're Carrie, but really there's more Charlottes and Mirandas. Yeah, I think, you know, I used to say that for most of us who watched it when it was on and were adults, like, I, I did this too. Like, I, I feel like I was a Carrie while I was watching it. And I, as I grew up, I became a Miranda. Uh-huh. Um, I think, you know, but the funny thing is, I mean, it was built for us to, to identify with Carrie, right? Right. She's, she is the main character. Yes, and but, the narrator. You know, mm-hmm. Right, right, exactly. So, like, but one thing that I've I've found out while I was doing this is, kind of great, which is that um, it seems that the younger women who have been catching onto the show in reruns or streaming um, are all immediately identifying with Miranda, which I think is a great sign of progress. Yes. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's right? something. That's yeah. 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 She's the 
smart feminist together one. Yeah. And it turns out like back then we weren't supposed to want to be that. And now these girls, they all want to be that. And I think that that's great. I love that you're Samantha's Samantha's though, because I feel like I meet so few people who <laughs> cop to that. So <laughs> we've that's had great. Lori had her phase younger and I had mine older. <laughs> you're right. There you go. <laughs> you Jennifer, know- your book is just absolutely terrific. Sex in the city and us. I mean, you were really just a hell of a good writer and you, you just tell Thank this you. story so compellingly and we just love every page i want to go have Thank a marathon you. of the show though i know it i oh. know it thank you jennifer so much for being with us and sell a lot of books would you Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Listen, we do we have a couple copies to give away? All right. 651 641 1071. Someone's divorce is getting very M E S S Y. 